which in of its own is creating uh, some more, more and more jobs and more opportunities. So you kind of put all this into a cauldron and you kind of mix it all up and uh, you end up with uh, kind of what we have at the moment. Anif Hamani is my guest, Managing Director of Express Employment Professionals. So is there certain industries that are affected more uh, than, than others when it comes to this worker shortage? Yeah, so right now we're seeing it across the board. There's no doubt about it. Uh, again, most acutely, um, originally when sort of the pandemic hit, as I mentioned, uh, the medical space was um, was affected quite quite dramatically. Um, uh, some of the manufacturing space was affected. Uh, construction was affected. So a lot of a lot of industries were were, were affected. However, as we've coming out of of of, uh, of COVID uh, and and, uh, and kind of moving forward, uh, anything in the in the manufacturing and construction space, those sectors have grown quite 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 substantially over the last year or so. Um, so those are definitely areas of opportunity, um, in, in and also areas of shortage, right? So they're growing, and they, there's a need in in those spaces. Um, the medical space, we we've heard all about, you know, uh, what's happening in our in our medical system, and um, uh, part of that was because of employee burnout, and a lot of folks left in the medical space. Um, so that's everything from, uh, you know, x-ray technicians to nurses and everything in between. Uh, certainly those are areas that were uh, very acutely affected, and, and there is a need right now for, uh, for individuals. So if, if we're looking at a shortage right now of workers, is part of the solution retaining people longer and a strategy to try and, and keep people in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. So this is an area that we haven't really talked about much. We keep talking about talent attraction. And one of the things that uh, I advise my clients on is, you know, talent attraction is certainly, you know, an important factor. And and we know how hard it is to attract talent. But using the same logic, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, hard to attract talent, but it would be devastating to lose good talent. And so, you know, as, as businesses and employers, we really need to hold on to, uh, to, to our talent. And, uh, uh, in, in light of all this competitive pressure going on around them, uh, and there's a few strategies out there, you know, and the strategies are pretty much ubiquitous across any, uh, any industry, any sector, any business. Um, the ingredients are the same, I suppose. Uh, the proportions of those ingredients depend on the unique, uh, you know, uh, circumstances of that industry or that organization, uh, profitability, competitiveness, uh, market um, conditions, that sort of thing. Hanif Amani is my guest, Managing Director of Express Employment Professionals. Before I let you go, if there's someone listening who is looking at a career change or someone who's just looking to get into the market of, uh, you know, getting some skills, getting some training, is there an area you would encourage them to go where the job market is wide open for them? Yeah, I think, you know, as we kind of look forward over the next couple of years, uh, we know that BHP is coming into town. There's a massive $6 billion investment that, uh, you know, we're going to benefit from. And to me, that's a massive opportunity. Uh, the manufacturing sector, so anything in the manufacturing, construction, I would even suggest mining sectors, uh, anything as a skilled trade uh, right now um, would all align very, very nicely to to, to that level of investment coming in. Um, we are uh, still short on accountants, believe it or not. Uh, a lot of them have retired, uh, and so uh, that space is still fairly hot. And there was a recent study, actually, by um, um, a major recruitment agency, uh, and it was in the uh, 
human resources reporter that showed that uh, 70% of HR uh, surveyed, this is 760 people across Canada, 70% of HR are looking to move their current employer in 2024. So there's a lot of movement in HR as well, uh, and it continues to be. It was very hot right out of the uh, pandemic for obvious reasons. Uh, It continues to be a pretty hot area as well. Anif, this has been a great talk. Thanks for checking in, and uh, maybe we can touch base again in a short while and see where things are headed. I'd love to, Evan. Thank you for having me. That's Hanif Amani, who is the managing director of Express Employment Professionals. And this shortage of workers that many industries are feeling, business owners constantly talking about the crunch they feel trying to find people to work. One thing we haven't chatted about yet, but it's unfolding as we speak. The U.S. Supreme Court is hearing former President Donald Trump's appeal to remain on the 2024 election ballot. The arguments are being weighed as we speak as to whether or not Trump is disqualified from reclaiming the White House because of his efforts to undo his loss in 2020, including that January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. So, you know, this is this is that constitutional pro- provision that was adopted actually back in the Civil War that prevents former office holders who engage in insurrection from holding office again. Now, you'll remember The Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump incited the riot in the nation's capital and was ineligible to be president again. They're going to be having him off of the ballot for their primary on March the 5th. Now, Trump's lawyers who are at the Supreme Court fighting this as we speak, they're using a few arguments. They contend that the January 6th riot riot wasn't an insurrection. And, And if it was, they're saying Trump didn't participate. His lawyers are arguing that the wording of the amendment also excludes the presidency and any candidates running for president. And even if they're wrong about all of that, they're still saying that Congress has to pass legislation to reinvigorate Section 3. So it's interesting because a definitive ruling for Trump would largely basically end the efforts that we've seen in Colorado, in Maine and elsewhere where they're trying to prevent his name from appearing on the ballot. If the decision from the Supreme Court upholds the Colorado decision, then, you know, potentially this is huge. It's basically stating that Trump did engage in insurrection. Uh, He's barred by the 14th Amendment from holding office again, and that would allow states to keep him off the ballot. Ultimately, that's going to greatly hinder his campaign. A lot of people are speculating, too, given the fact that three of the justices that are on the U.S. Supreme Court, Trump appointed them when he was president. So... How does that factor into things as well? A little bit closer to home uh, with our federal government. The fight continues. You've been watching the attacks going back and forth. So Polyev has been all over Trudeau over, this is still over, Yuroslav Hunka, who was invited and then given a couple of standing ovations in the House of Commons when Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky was there. This was the one, this is, we were later learned he was a Nazi war vet. Well, it's come out in this last week that Trudeau's office invited Hunka to a reception in Toronto. So this is where Polyev says, okay, look, Prime Minister Trudeau, you yourself called for the resignation of Anthony Rota, who was the House Speaker, because of the fact he invited him to the House. Now it's come out that the Prime Minister's office invited Hunka to an event that same night. He didn't go, by the way, but he was invited. And he was invited by the Prime Minister's office. So Polyev is saying to Trudeau, 
put your money where your mouth is, it's time for you to resign. Do you think he will? No, he's not. He's not. He's not going to for sure. But what he is saying, this is this is Trudeau's comeback, is not even to really respond to that. He is saying he's choosing to stand by Ukrainians and not abandon them like the conservatives are. Because, of course, the conservatives didn't vote in favor of the recent bill that was going to support Ukraine. They're saying the reason they didn't is all because of how carbon tax is wove into the wording of it. In fact, Andrew Scheer made a comment about that the other day. Common sense conservatives will send our Ukrainian allies rockets and artillery shells, not carbon taxes. Okay, there you go. So they'll send rockets and artillery, but not not carbon tax. So the fight continues between the federal government and Polyev, who, by the way, did you see that new Angus Reid poll? Yeah, there's... Uh, there's waning support for Ukraine. A quarter, a quarter of Canadians believe we're actually sending too much so, support over to Ukraine. It seems to be there's a complacency that's building, which is interesting to see. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that. We're coming up to the, sadly, the two-year anniversary, two years that this fighting has been happening in Ukraine. And uh, we've got some special guests lined up later in the month to focus on that. Speaking of polls, Nano's research poll, the Liberals are starting to lose support in Metro Vancouver and Greater Toronto. We're seeing a loss of support, and it's eroding for them in the Maritimes. So that Conservative lead continues to gain. The Conservatives now 15-point lead on the Liberals. Conservatives basically are sitting, if an election was held today, we would see a conservative majority government. Will that hold on through the year and uh, basically between now and when the next federal election is? Time will tell. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk firearms. We've got the province's chief firearms officer, Bob Freeberg, will be joining me. We're going to talk about a few different things, including the fact that the province has applied for intervener status on this federal discussion about the handgun ban. So we'll talk a little bit about that, what the implications are for our province. And we're going to open up the phones as well. So if you have a question for Bob Freeberg, the chief firearms officer, we'll take them right here as well. And of course, Friday means bugs and hugs. Gives you an opportunity to call in, let us know if there's something that's bugging you and it's going to ruin your weekend. If you don't get it off your chest, tomorrow's the opportunity. We're here for you. That phone line is open. No different if you want to send out a hug. We're happy to do that as well. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.